Blog Talk Radio. Phenomenal Woman. Many people wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size. When I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say, it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman, phenomenally. I walk into a room just as cool as you please, and to a man the fellows stand or fall down on their knees. Then they swarm around me, a hive of honeybees. I say, it's the fire in my eyes, the flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist, the joy in my feet. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Men themselves have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. When I try to show them, they say they still can't see. I say, it's in the arch of my back, the sun of my smile, the ride of my breasts, the grace of my style. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Now you understand just why my head's not bowed. I don't shout or jump about or have to talk real loud. When you see me passing, it ought to make you proud. I say it's in the click of my heels, the bend of my hair, the palms of my hands, the need for my care, because I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman. That's my mother and all your mothers and my grandmothers and your grandmothers and my great-grandmothers, and your greats, and my great-greats, and, your, and all you women, and me. Welcome to the Wednesday Night Wind Down with your hosts, Shamor and Shakira. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I am in a good space tonight. <clears throat> and that was a reading of Phenomenal Woman done by Dr. Maya Angelou herself. And this is our opportunity to honor her memory. Um, and again, um, as I said earlier today, I am in no way sad um, because her life was full. She blessed us, made a difference. We knew her for all kinds of positive reasons. And she lived, she lived, she lived. And so with 86 years of full life, I think that the time came and she said, see you later. And so I'm not sad at her passing um, because she left such a legacy. So the Wind Down family wanted to honor that legacy by giving some time and listening to her words the art that she left us to preserve and to admire and to be um, a remembrance of her skill. So um, she just set us up uh, with this time by kind of saying that, you know, we still have that opportunity to talk about some of the things that kind of um, we remember being influenced by um, through her life. 
And then, you know, we do have a, a topic that we're going to discuss a little bit later. But just to get some um, just some um, memories that the family can share, I would love to hear um, some of the things that influenced you or spoke to you or, or that you learned the most about your experience as a reader, um, as a writer, um, even in those later days in her acting, because um, that's what most of our kids know her as. Um, and then, you know, the other arts that she performed in. So, what do you have to share with care? <clears throat> well, for me personally, it was a matter of <clears throat> her being a part of a she was actually a part of a reading list that I had when I was first entering high school. And that was circa 1988. And having to read her and all of the other classics uh, in black literature and things of that nature, um, she found a way into a psyche that I didn't expect to happen, especially as a black male. Um, you know, I had a lot of, you know, I had a lot of older cousins that sang her praises and all that other good stuff and whatnot, and I was always curious, and, you know, my mom and my aunts were the same way, and I was always curious as to what they meant when that particular piece that was already spoken at the beginning of the show was. And I got a chance to really dissect it a little bit when I had this time during the summer and all that other good stuff, and it spoke to me in a different light. You know, different obviously because I'm male, but uh, it, it gave me a newfound appreciation for women who were comfortable in their skin, um, regardless mm-hmm. of that uh, of ethnicity, um, and that's what I originally got out of that poem uh, way back when, and it it just resonated over the years, um, you know, as far as that was. So, you know, in dealing with that particular piece, and you know, of course. I know why the case first scenes and you know, all the other pieces and, and, and books that she's written and, and the quotes that, you know, just seem to she she was always that grandmotherly type that always had the ability to say the right things at the right time, depending on the time that was needed for her to say something. And I think and seeing that in social media, whether it was Twitter, whether it was Facebook, whether it was Google+, Plus, whether it was whatever, I've not seen such a, personally speaking, you may, you may have seen this yourself, but I've not seen a, an outpouring of positivity surrounding one person as far mm-hmm. as her, his or her death is concerned. It's been a long time since I've seen something where it's very – You'd have to literally have to go in a, basically a needle in a haystack to find someone in the cybersphere that had a negative word to say about this woman. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I was, um, you know, speaking of the social media, I have because I have a a post right now that is a good four hundred plus comment deep, and it's just. I just said in honor of her, you know, tag a phenomenal woman. So if you haven't seen that post, if you haven't participated in that post, please do, guys. You're welcome to tag phenomenal women on that post. Um, but 
I was looking at another post, and someone simply said, um, how can you be um, a black female author and you've never heard of Dr. Angela? And you should see this post, this other person's post, taken off. How many people are appalled that this person didn't know who she was and they're writer and they're black and they're female. And, I mean, people are just, they can't believe it. They're blown away that you've never heard of her. And I am just, in my mind, I was like, wow, you know, it's just like you said, look at this woman whose legacy is so great that people are offended that you don't know who she is. That's, that's great. I mean, who doesn't want to leave that kind of an impact on society? I mean, trust me, there. You know, I mean, to to a few posters that are in the chat room now. Yes, we know that there are a few out there. You know, that's all the reason why I said personally on my feed. You know, I was able to see regardless of of ethnicity and you know maybe it's because I choose my I, I choose my followers but I don't know maybe that might be part of it I, I, it's, it's mm-hmm. difficult to say but you know I, it, this is not to say that you know there weren't any that didn't understand or, or didn't really know um, <clears throat> or anything along those lines but it's just it's, it's very difficult especially when she had such a high profile in her later days I mean the the, the moment President Obama was was inaugurated she was what? almost there, you know, she was almost there almost immediately, you know, as far mm-hmm. as that was. And, 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 and it was a proper, it was a proper and fitting part of the program when it came to mm-hmm. bringing him into, when it came to bringing him into the, 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 the White House chair, so to speak. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it was one, it's almost one of those where how could you not, of all the yeah, people and- that you could possibly choose, how could you not? And one of the things that, you know, people were kind of <clears throat> surprised at, at hearing or seeing was the fact that, you know, before Oprah, Dr. Maya Angelou was renowned, was studied in, in, in mainstream America literature in traditional school buildings. So even if it was two-sentence paragraph. She was spoken up. But then, I guess it was the late 80s, uh, early 90s, um, Oprah. Oprah, who crossed all the, you know, different color lines or whatever, blew her up again. You know, people were like, well, I mean, I, I saw, and I don't, I didn't want to date myself, <laughs> but I saw some of the comments, and I'm thinking, you know, people are actually dating themselves when they're looking at it and they're saying, how do you not know who she is? She was one of Oprah's, you know, biggest, um, and I don't know how they coined it, but saying that Oprah used, I don't want to say used, that's an ugly word, but that Oprah kind of put her out there even more. Um, And then someone else was saying, well, even my son knew her as the lady that Tyler Perry has in his movies. So, you know, just looking at how many different generations she touched 
on various different levels, they're like, how do you not know her? And, and I see, and I get it, and I know everybody does not have the same experiences in, in the world, but I just looked at the comments, and I was thinking, wow, how amazing it is that she stay relevant in all of those different time periods to touch those different generations in whichever way, because no, even when she's in Tyra Perry's movies, what she's speaking of is nothing less than what she's speaking of in my women's study book where they're, you know, sharing her work from that time period well before there was any Tyler Perry. So, I mean, I could get what everybody was saying, but, um, you know, I still had that feeling like, wow. So, I, I feel kind of, I was thrown by Heidi. How do you not know at least something about the woman? So, but um, I wanted to talk about my experience with um, my Angela, you know, in the area that I grew up in. Um, our teachers always pushed um, anything dealing with African-American history. Our teachers pushed us to know. And they didn't branch out enough from Martin Luther King, Malcolm, you know, but they pushed those things because that's what was, you know, this is before Google, yeah, whatever. Um, so, um, but they pushed us and they pushed us. And I remember in particular I had one um, chemistry professor that I don't even know if we did anything that the state required us to do because he had us in the library researching all kinds of African-American history, um, whether it was scientists or inventors or whatever. He had us in there looking for these people. So I, we did have a lot of that. And I remember <clears throat> always knowing because we had the you know, oratorical contest and I remember people doing Still I Rise all the time. And so I remember when I found Phenomenal Woman in a book. I remember finding the poem, and I'm reading this poem, and I I only know in my mind this Maya Angelou who, um, you know, she's still I rise and, and talking about, you know, your pride and your ancestry. But then I read Phenomenal Woman, and I'm like, She's kind of dirty <laughs> in my mind. I'm like, that's kind of dirty. So then I start this whole new relationship with her, and I had this whole new uh, thirst for, like, what is it about this woman who can be all these many things, who can be proud and black and then be proud and black, you know, of of who she is and okay with her size and her shape and her appeal, and I was like, I'm in love with this, and then that's when, um, I, you know, we studied the cage bird, and it was it was myself and a friend. It wasn't even a, a school read. We just decided we need to know more about this woman, so finding the things in, in her story uh, about her experiences, and it just, it just fed me, and I, I just... It gave me a sense of pride. It gave me, um, it added to my self-worth. 
it, it allowed me to feel good about myself, even if I couldn't understand why. You know, why I was okay to feel good about myself because I didn't look like everybody else. And it was okay. It was okay that I didn't look like everybody else and that I still love me. So phenomenal woman, just the piece itself did a whole lot for me. So that's why I chose to, you know, open the show with it because it did a whole lot for me just uh, my self-advocacy, me appreciating me. But then it also made me feel like my Angela was a woman. You know, she was a woman and she understood that there was a, an essence that could be sensual and sexual and still be classy. And so that piece did a whole lot for me. That's why I just did this, um, this part of the show because I, I wanted to, even where we're going with the topic later, um, just it's, it's okay. It's okay to be in a sensual place. And as long as you do that, a certain kind of way. Now, that certain kind of way might not happen on this show uh, for long. <laughs> we might not be able to keep it where we need it. The classy part might kind of fall off that C and that L sometimes it leaves us. But <clears throat> we we always start in a good place. <laughs> um, I haven't opened the lines to line, so, you know, who knows what comes. The C and the L might already come off, but but that's that piece. That piece made me understand sensual. And I don't know if it did that to anybody else, but I, I use that because I was like, yeah, this is nice, but it's a little, a little sensual in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to see if anybody else in the chat room wanted to share their piece of literature or poetry or whatever that um, I don't know that they got something from. Anybody else? Anybody else? Nobody talking? Nobody talking? Hmm. Camera? Y'all are quiet yeah. today. I was about to say it may very well not be dark. They, they are actually quiet today. I'm not used to it. Uh, so, I, and I know I didn't want to be very cliche but but I couldn't I couldn't I earlier when I first found out about it, um it, it's just you know, I'm I'm a I'm an author so everything stands out to me. Um the person that told me this morning, um, because I didn't know, I got to work, um I'm in it's almost like being in, in an abyss when I'm at work. So I'm in my, my tunnel vision and this guy comes in, and he just was kind of passing through the space where we um, do our magnet program, right? So he's just walking through, actually looking for a different teacher. And um, he finds me because of the reputation I have in, in my professional element. <laughs> but he tells me, he's like, <laughs> he says, um, have you heard? And I was like, what? And um and, you know, every time I, I get into any kind of this guy, I'm not sure where we're going. I'm not sure if he's going to be respectful that way at work or say something that he shouldn't say. So I'm trying to feel out where is he going. I'm like, have I heard what? And um, when he tells me, you know, 
I stop, I pause, and I just kind of, I'm waiting to feel sorrow or, or something. And I didn't. I didn't. And, you know, I still have residual stuff going on with the loss of my nephew. So I'm like, right. oh, Lord, I'm going to pass out. I'm a, what's going to happen here? And um, <clears throat> I didn't feel any of it. I didn't. And and I, because um, I, I remember this weekend, I was paying kind of uh, attention to what happened um, with which had this weekend not making the baseball game. And, you know, so I, I was kind of paying attention to that and being admitted to the hospital and then her saying that she was home and resting. And that all just happened like Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So I was like, hmm, okay. Well, so then he says that. And he says, um, he tells me, and I'm like, okay, well, okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm digesting this. I'm not passing out. It doesn't bring up any residual stuff. And I, and I was okay. So, um, and I just happened to look on my Facebook and saw some of the things that were being said. But I just, I couldn't be sad because her life was so rich. You know, she had such a rich life. And so what did she really what did she not do? She did more in her life than I probably will ever do in mine. So mm-hmm. why be sad? Why be sad for that? You know, speaking to places, traveling everywhere, being a calypso singer. I mean, what? I mean, and my real uh, poet. I mean, it's like a poet by head, but it's like, how do you, how do you say, oh man, you know? She has so much more left to do. She, you couldn't say that. You couldn't say that. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reading um, Bibi's comment. He said it wasn't essential so much as it was prideful. When she was growing up, black women were taught to be disgusted by their bodies and their in their skin. I as well as no less ethnic in terms of black pride than any of her deceased male counterparts. I love the last part of that. And I, and I agree that there is, there's, I think there's pride in all of her writing. But I do feel that there is an air that the, the movement of her body and the weather, the shape, and the way that she expresses that, I do feel like there is essentialness in, in, in even speaking about it. So that's right. just me. That's not you. That's just me, baby. We don't have to agree on that. But um, <laughs> I, but I do, I do think that there is a pride in it, um, in the fact that she says it. But so I am going to um, also... Uh, state what we're talking about, um, our other topics that we're going to address tonight. I asked a question on Facebook today, earlier, and um, I said, what's the big deal of our love? What is the big deal of our love? And I got a couple of different perspectives because I thought, that that was something really um, important 
you know, that we have a conversation about it. I don't think there are nope. enough conversations had about it. Because it's so many different things, so many different people. So, you know, that's something that I would like to, to hear grown ups that are okay with having these discussions. Discuss. So I put that out there, and I was, it was interesting to hear from mix of things that people say. So I want to have that discussion as well. So. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, um, because I think once we look at some of the stuff that people say, it's actually going to gear the conversation in a couple of different ways. Because, you know, you look at that and it's like, oh, that's so broad. But when we look at some of the things that people are saying about it, it kind of, you know, narrows the, the scope a little bit. And it's just funny how some of these things crop up a lot when you talk about love. And then some of the perspectives that were kind of new to me. I was like, yeah, man, don't look at So that's, that's topic two. Or uh, that actually could be where we're going next because I don't know what's going to happen when we do open the line, and especially when Ron comes on. I don't know where he is right now. So hmm, I don't know where we're going to end up with that one. There's no telling. So, um, I can't believe he might have anything to say. This evening yeah. because Jesus, that's his own, yeah, that's his own interesting bit. But you know, knowing the my sister before too, no, not a real worried there. Okay, so we shouldn't be worried about that. No, nah, I wouldn't worry about the mosque too much. She'll show it when it's necessary. Um, <laughs> but to, I guess to your point, I guess as far as that particular. Uh, it's such a broad question. I think it's one reason why I kind of had to step back. Get away. Yeah. What exactly are you trying to get at? Uh, but, you know what? I, mean, I wanted to put it out there, how broad, because I want I want to see how people narrow it. You know, people narrow the topic. So, well, I mean, it's. It's a matter, as I was about to say, it's, it's such a subjective thing. I mean, you know, you've got, you've got people who will, will tell you in a heartbeat that, you know, it, it, they really do not want to be because it's such, a, it's such an infectious, uh, for all intents and purposes, it's an infectious disease for a lot of them. Like, they see mm-hmm. people do, do some of the dumbest shit on the planet. And right. do it all in the name, and do it all in the name of being in love with that person. And you know, your 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 logical thinkers, your your rational thinkers are looking at it like it's such an irrational emotion that I don't want to have anything to do with it because I'm I, I'd like to believe that I'm a rational human being. I like to believe I'm somewhat intelligent, and I see people who. You know, I, I mean, this this is the argument that I could see people having in this regard. Like, you know, I see some of the smartest people on the planet do some of the dumbest shit on the planet. The minute that they <laughs> got in, you know, the minute that they've fallen in love with someone, you know, and at the same time, it's just a matter of it's a matter of the 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 
the person that you feel you're willing to do the most for. You know, you've got parents that, you know, that's really good. That's really that's really what I would say in that regard. I mean, there's you know there there are people who say that they would literally take a bullet for the person that they are that they love, no matter what the circumstances are concerned. You know, it's just a matter of how deep a person is willing to go, and the depths of which that person is willing to go to take care of that person to be. Yeah. You know, involved, you know, to be to be the center of that person's universe, and you know, they'll, mm-hmm. you know, you have you'll have people that will equate love with insanity. So it's just, I mean, there's so many different ways and so many different angles that you can use you know, for that four people, little word, that four letter word. Uh, people, the people always have their. It's almost like if there's nothing that's gray in the world, or if everything is gray in the world. This is black and white for some people. It's this or it's that, period. Um, but I had a really interesting back and forth with someone the other day about love, and I was like, dude, really? Like, and it's so funny because I'm one of those people that I'll listen to, to where you're coming from, and I'll try to understand it. I want to understand why you say what you say. I'll, I try to analyze it. So I spend time listening to it just to see, like, could that even be possible? Could someone's really stable mind say that, or are you crazy? You know, that's what I'm saying. So I looked at this guy's perspective, and I was like, wow, I could see some sanity in that bullshit, because it's bullshit to me, but I could see some sanity in there. And I was like, I wonder how many other think like this, because he has some same points that he's making, whether I agree or not, how the hell did he get to this point? So, and it was about, it was about love or commitment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is, his whole approach to it was, whoa. I was like, whoa. No, I, I mean, I still had this, yeah, like, this is my perspective. I hear what you're saying, but I don't believe that. But I was like, that is really interesting. And the way that he took me on his journey to his point was really interesting. Like, I've never seen, I've never had the discussion the way that he had it. And I was like, wow, we're really going back to the primordial whole concept. And he went back there. He took me back there. And he brought me back here. And he's like, okay, let's go back to when... You know, it was just land, and people had to survive. And I was like, okay, let's go back there. And the way you brought it to me, pretty much, is that there was a purpose for a man and a woman, and and love wasn't that purpose. Uh, it's okay if it happens, but survival was what was important. And, mm-hmm. and we were talking about commitment and, 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 you know, versus, you know, um, monogamy or whatever. So it was it was just really interesting. And he just kind of brought me to a point where he was saying that um, basically you needed a man for your basic needs, the shelter, food, protection, those things. Because mm-hmm. in those times, women 
would have a hard time doing that, spending for themselves. And I was like, eh, okay, I'm trying to follow you. And um, and love wasn't a part of that. And, you know, you kind of were the nurturer as a woman because everything that really developed, developed through the man as far as survival. As long as you took that home, everything was good. Love again wasn't necessary. So I'm sitting here and I'm trying to follow, and, and I'm kind of getting where you're going. But I just wonder how many more people, because this whole thing was like commitment should not be a factor if I'm taking care of these these basic needs that you need now. And I'm like, wow. And, you know, do you think it would have been a factor then if she couldn't do it herself? Wait, wow. Not that I agree, but I can see his point. Fair enough. I spent a few minutes in that space. So, okay, I have a couple of people I need to open the lines for. Imaj is very vocal at this moment. Hello, ma'am. Hi, how are you doing? We're good. How are you? I'm good. Hold on one second. I still got this cough. I don't understand what's going on. Well, that's not good. But, yeah, but I'm okay. I'll be fine. They said it would take about two weeks to get it together, but I'll be good. But I you want to share with us your my interview. Um, I I said I did share in the chat room. Um, what I was yeah. saying is that um, I remember having to take one of my high school classes because I had already taken all the classes that I needed to take to graduate. So my senior year only needed one class. So all the rest of my classes would be it um, to the rest of the world. But to me, they were important to me and my African-American lit class and history class was one of my favorites. And we were all required to have this reading list. And I remember the day that they we sat down and we went over the reading list and she was at the top. And I was like, forget it. I'm not reading nothing else on this list. I'm not reading nothing about Malcolm X. I'm not reading nothing about Martin Luther King, I know about them people. You know, I wanted to know about this woman just sitting at the top of my list. And I then talked to my English teacher, which my English teacher was, you know, white woman. I went to a predominantly white high school. Um, she, She was like, oh, okay, well, I'll help you. Because I was like, I need to know where I can get these books. I need to read all of them. I need something to happen. She's like, okay, we're going to get you, you know, to the right place. We're going to get everything for you. And it was so funny that I could go to her and she supported everything that I wanted to do. And I read every book. And I was like, uh, I can't even stop. I'm continuing to read. And then that's where I, I, I fell in love with poetry and I fell back in love with the reading all over again. And mm-hmm. for me... It was that, that okay, this is what it's going to happen. This is what I want to do. And 
I still actually have my Phenomenal Woman book, and it's at my mom's house on that bookshelf. Because I have three bookshelves, two at my house, one at my mom's. And my favorite one, my favorite poem out of that little book of four poems was Weekend Glory. Because I know what it felt like to be on the weekend and try, you know, I was working when I was a senior in high school. I wanted to know what it felt like to go out on a Saturday night and have your money in your pocket and you could still be black and have fun. Mm-hmm. And still yep. be a woman about yourself and not have a whole bunch of mess going on. And so that was my favorite poem. And I'm also, you know, everybody knows I'm from North Carolina where she resides or where she resided, is only 30 minutes from where my house is located now. So mm-hmm. once, hopefully, if I can, if I'm hoping, I'm putting it into the universe and into the stars, that I get it at a time where I can get off of my job and I can go be in the experience because I need to say thank you. I need to say goodbye. I need to say see you later because... This is something for me. And I'm in a spot where I've been able to experience my favorite poet. Some people can say, oh, well, Langston Hughes is my favorite poet. But I never get, I never got to hear him speak. You know, I can read everything that he has, but I've never been able to hear him speak. Just like my other favorite poet, Nikki Giovanni, I love her. And... So, and she's only a few miles away in Blacksburg. So it's like, you know, it's, they're here around my space, and I need to be in that space. So that's Completely for me. That's for me. Like, it's, and, right. Yes. And I can't be sad. I definitely can't be sad because I'm just like you. I see the life that she lives. I, why, can't not, mm-hmm. why can't I be overjoyed? Because she mm-hmm. led a good life, 86 years of wonderful. I can't complain. I'm glad mm-hmm. I had the experience. Right. I'm glad that it was a life that we got to watch and that was right. something that could beat us while we watched it. So, yeah. All right, Taylor. Coming, Taylor. Hello, Hi, everyone. Hello, hello. Hi. Hey, I wish Taylor. I was in I wish I had a better sounding voice, but this is really troubling my spirit. I I so love Miss Maya Angelou. There's not and I can't even begin to describe how much. It started for me when I was in maybe elementary school. And I was the only dark skinned girl in my class. And it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. I got called every name that you could possibly think of. And it, uh, for me, her writing was a way to deal with it. She, to me, Maya Angelou was everything that my my mother and my grandmother and my great-grandmothers, like, they all should have explained to me. Like, her words were something that I am on the phone now, man. Okay, I, excuse the baby. I'm so sorry. 
but they were, they, her words were everything that they should have said to me to, to make me mm-hmm. feel like, you know, I'm okay. It's okay to be dark-skinned. It's okay to not have straight hair. It's okay, you know, everything about you is okay. Uh-huh. As I got right. older, like, that's, that's just how I felt. Like, every time she was on TV, she any anything that I could see about her, anything I could read about her, I did. Because I, I identified with her so much because I felt like her words were for me. Like, they were, uh-huh. like, she sat down and wrote those words specifically for me. Right. You know, like, I, I um, it's so funny to hear everybody say that. I think we all kind of felt like that, that it was specifically because it, it connected with yeah. things that mm-hmm. were directly related to our journey. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Like, I could, like, I, mean, I could. I heard that I could rem- too. Yeah, like, I could remember just even, you know, anything that she was on TV. I mean, I watched over and over and over again. You know, any, I, I think one of one of my favorite quotes from her is, success is liking yourself. Success is, I'm, I'm, excuse me, I'm, I'm so flustered, I'm messing it up. Success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Mm-hmm. And it took me it took me so long to actually figure out what that meant and to stick by it every day. Right. And it's just like it. Oh my goodness! Like I just like I'm so I'm I'm so upset. Like I know I'm not supposed to be because she led a full life. It's so much, but I just. I always wanted that opportunity to meet her. Mm-hmm. Like, I I always wanted that opportunity to meet her, if nothing more than to say thank you. Okay. If that was the only thing I could say to her, I would just say thank you. Because I, I don't think that there's anything else that I could possibly get out if ever seeing her. You know what I mean? Because there's nothing else that you can say. Like, her words were just, they were something else. They were something else. They were something else. And, and it touched, everything touches a part of me. You know what I mean? Like, anything that she wrote or she, anytime she spoke, it was, she was so eloquent. And it was just, it was such a show just to see her. It was such yeah. a show just to see her. Yeah. I mean, and I remember anytime she spoke, I was always waiting. I was always waiting for that um, profound statement. She always made a profound statement. Yes. Always yes. So it, it was yes. always something to take away. You know, people always talk about yes. what is the takeaways. And you didn't have enough paper or enough memory to always no. digest all of the takeaways. And um, no. I think I'm thankful for, for even those moments because it makes me aspire to have takeaways yeah. um, when I have the opportunity to touch people. And I like for them to be able to say, if, if it's only one thing that I got from what you said, it was just, I, I love that because that lets me 
pay homage to her and and kind of, you know, perpetuating that whole process of being able to give give those takeaways that impact and enrich lives. That's important. So Mm -hmm. we lost Ron, and I don't know if we lost Ron because we didn't want to talk about what we talked about or if he's having phone problems. I'm not sure. So he may have fallen off. We don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, we'll see what happens later. Um, but I do, I do want to um, kind of steer back over into this conversation, our, our other topic, because I want to share some of the things that some um, the people were saying about the topic. So ladies, I'm changing gears on you. I didn't want to give you time to verbally share your moment, um, your memory with us. But now we're going to get back to this love topic. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. this love thing here. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go and I'm going to share with you some of the, the comments that we had. So um, the big deal about love. So um, somebody said it is acceptance. I think people want to be accepted as they are unconditional acceptance. That's what love is. Um, And then we had a a gentleman say, people want to know what it is, how it works, if there's side effects. The majority will never experience love while dying trying to get just a sample of its true power. Uh, like, well, that's pretty damn deep right there. Um, I'm say it's not a big deal to some because they use the word to manipulate. However, to others, love is a deep feeling of affection, fondness, attachment, endearment, and warmth towards another human being. All the mm-hmm. feel good, that's a lot of feel good stuff right there. Um, then Perry says, the big deal is people use it too loosely and are way too quick to think that's the place they're in. Fools, I tell you. Kind of got mm-hmm. that fool's rushing kind of idea. Um, young lady says, everyone wants it. That was it. That was her three words. Everyone wants it. Yeah. And then someone said, um, Katrina, and yet no one wants to nurture it, to make it grow. Too much being selfish. Love can't thrive in that kind of environment. And that is the one that struck me. I want to go back to that one in a minute. And then Jacqueline Dawson said, some walk talk and breathe love. You see it in everything they do. I strive to be that way. Still working on it. So that's that whole unconditional thing. But the one I want to go back to, because it is going to go back to, um, she said that, uh, Katrina said that it is not nurtured and sometimes or that it can be something selfish. Um, 
And so my question was, you know, selfish love, is that love at all? Can love, can real true love ever be selfish? Yep. Talk to me about that, brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> you. You have to you have to understand when it comes to when it comes to actually and I'll put it this way. There will be there will be times where you have your ideas of wanting to be territorial, where you want to possess something or someone. Um and, and that's part that's part of being in love with that person as well. You want you really want to in, 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 in encompass and, and be consumed by everything that they are. Um, I've seen people like that. Hell, I'm that way myself at times. So mm-hmm. yes, there there is a such thing as being, you know, being able to love that person and still be selfish around that person, being selfish by that person, and it's perfectly okay. When the selfishness becomes toxic, is where you start having your problems. And not everybody knows the difference. Hmm. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, if we, because I think we contradict our beliefs a lot. I think people contradict their beliefs and say, oh, it's this. Because I had an argument, and I was foolish. I had an argument with Ron the other day. And I was foolish for even engaging in this conversation and extending this argument past him asking the question and me not just answering it. But rather than who he is, I can't just say yes or no answer to Ron. He asked me a question, and I was like, uh, depends. And he's like, no. <laughs> it's a yes or no question. But now, you all know we can't do yes or no, Ron. It's not possible. Because you know what? I'm always trying to understand what's going to come next. Where are we going to be three or four questions from now? And maybe I should have never said yes in the beginning. So I wouldn't say yes or no. Well, then we go with this back and forth. And then, of course, we end up where we begin, circle of nothing. But I think people contradict um, their beliefs a lot. I think people say it's all or nothing. And then they say love compromises. Ah, uh, wait a minute. What did you say? We, that's two different stretches. Where are we going with this? And I think people have to be mindful of how they are contradictory in, in their concepts. Because, you know, you say you have one group that say love never lets go. Love never lets go. You endure. You work through it. And then you have that if they love you, they'll return, but you let them go. Well, which one is it? You can't do both. <laughs> Now, now you understand that. Now you understand why most people say that you know they equate love with insanity because you can still have both sides of the coin and it all still makes sense. It makes sense. Uh huh. That's some drug stuff right there. So, so we're open the line because here comes one, ladies. I'm gonna put you on hold for a second and um, let Ron, you know, do his Ron thing, and then when I need some help, I'm gonna open the lines again. All right, so, well, how are you this evening? I woke up this morning, and I mean, I'm doing great. How's everybody doing this evening? Cannot complain, bro. Everything's good. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, yeah, the, I'm going to sign about the love thing, 
and I'm gonna just say uh, um, get back to Maya Angelou real quick. Yes. Um, what I want to do is I want to recognize people while they're here because yeah. every day before the woman died, everybody had a chance to say, "You know what? I love." You. So, Ruby D, salute, and I love you. Patty Labelle, salute, and I love you. Uh, 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 Bill Russell, salute, I love you. Dick Gregory, salute, I love you. Before they die, I want to give them some love. Muhammad Ali, salute, I love you. So before people pass away, I think you need to show them the love that that um, that they deserve and that they've earned. Um, secondly, um, when it comes to her, I do know why the cage bird stinks and and mm. and things like that that my aunts and my uncles passed on to me that I didn't even know what it was when I was six, seven, eight years old. But now that I'm at the age I am now, I realize exactly what it is. So in losing her, I recognize what I have, and I don't want what I have to leave without giving them what I should have gave her before she left. So mm-hmm. that's why I say everybody who is still here and putting that work in and, and has put their footprint on this earth, I want to say thank you to you because it's like when people die, they ain't physically hearing you no, no, no more. Spiritually, they hear you, but physically, they don't hear you anymore. So, I mean, I think we need to show love to those people who are still here too. And that's not to take anything away from her because on on, on many levels, um, me and her, some levels I'm not even going to get into right now, me and her mm. actually mm. bond and we connect. Um, gotcha. With that being said, um, love. My mother yeah. used to love shrimp. All right, my mother used to love shrimp. When I say love shrimp, like my mother used to love shrimp. Then my mother got to about 36, and she had a biological and a chemistry change in her body, and shrimp made her face swell up. So <laughs> I say to you that the same thing that make your monkey ass laugh make your monkey ass cry. So, <laughs> no argument. No argument. Yeah. Was that the same thing? You see what I'm saying? Love is. It's the same breath. You at least get a new breath before it starts saying monkey ass. Well, first of all, first of all, I've been sipping. I've I've been drinking. I've been drinking. So, um, <laughs> I'm liable to say any goddamn thing tonight. No argument there either. I kind of figured that was coming. Right, but that's right, all right. Baby, too. No. But you feel me, right, brother? No, yeah, I get you all day long. I mean, it, 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 it's too long that people pass, and then we start saying, oh, I love you, I love you. How about when they're here, we show them a little bit of love? So they right. can be physical. Trust me, when, when, I mean, the first, you know, the I think the first time when when they said that she, you know, when she was, uh, when she was going to the hospital, you know, for, for the ailment that, uh, that, that she was under and whatnot, um, you know, the first thing I said was, you know, hopefully she gets, she pulls through it. That way people can kind of, you know, at least realize that, you know, she's, you know, the time's almost gone, you know, as far as that is. And, exactly. You know, that type of thing. So when, you know, when I heard that she was on the men, I was like, you know, well, hopefully she's able to come back full strength and all that other good stuff and whatnot. And, you know, she was still able to, you know, I mean, even, even to a certain degree, she was still able to even, you know, mess around on her Twitter account. You know, yes, so that, that alone mm-hmm. was, right. you know, that alone was its own little, you know, wow, well, okay, cool. Somebody made it for her, but yes. 
Well, I mean, still, just the fact that they that she was still having the 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 wherewithal even through the illness to even have the strength of you know the strength of character to even come up with the last tweet that we'll ever get from her, you know, is is the whole shebang, so to speak. So, you know, that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, and, right. and one of the things that I do think, I do think that she received her roses while she was here. I think that, um, again, everything is not publicized. And I do think that she received her acknowledgments and her inclusion and her um, abilities to stay relevant because people wanted to make sure she understood that the generations appreciated her. And I think that's why she shows up in a Tyler Perry movie. I think that when she had her stretch with Oprah, that she received a lot of her accolades, especially being part of her, the different honoring of women and the different you know, lunches or galas or things like that. I think she got that. I mean, she was a poet laureate for the inauguration. I mean, she. I think she got her praise. I don't think she left here not knowing that she affected generations. So, um, I, I, I can agree with I'm that. Not, I, I could definitely agree with I'm, that. W- one thing I would say is how about we show some love to Sam Greenlee, who just passed okay. on School Who Sat by the Door, um, one of the <laughs> best movies I've ever seen. Um, Alambe Braff, for those of us who are in the Northeast, he just passed away a couple of days ago. So, I mean, it's some of these ancestors who are recently ancestors that we need to educate ourselves on because what? without without uh, pieces of work like I, I noted earlier, uh, uh, I know why the cage bird sings and the spook who sat by the door, we wouldn't be the people who we are today. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's something that we all need to, to, to make a, a priority. And even if it's just yes. in our household, if it's just once a month that we increase the knowledge base for our kids. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. I had a running list of, you know, we, we get that part of the year, we do the Black History Month, and all the kids were given the same people, and I had a running list of all these names, and I didn't know all of them myself. And so as I'm trying to research and figure out who they are, there's nothing to find. However, the list that I had, they were definitely important people to history, not just black history, but history, period. But I couldn't find information to because I wanted to give the kids something to start because I knew they didn't know who these people were. And I had the worst time because it was nothing to find. And they just had a name. And they, you know, may have an invention or they might have had a patent or something that, you know, was there. But then, once you give them this name, there's no literature to follow, there's no research to find, then what? You know, so but then, you, was like, but then you make something up and make the person seem better than they was. Oh, my bad. I said that out loud. My bad. My you bad. did. Bad. You said that out loud. My bad. My bad. My bad. Okay. We need to get back to the topic about love. <laughs> <laughs> Because this guy here, he's going to kill. He's going to kill the vibe. So we're going to go back to love because, Ron, you can't do nothing else right now. I want to talk about this um, 
the comment that I was talking about, about love being, being able to be selfish. And oh, well, tell me your perspective. Do you think that love, honest, real, true love, could ever be selfish? Absolutely. I mean, the first, from, from my point of view, the first law is self-preservation. That means you have to love self. And if you don't love self, then you can't love nobody else. I mean, they even tell you on the airplane, if you get into a, a no dive and the, the mask come down, you got to save yourself first before you save your child. Because unless you save yourself, you can't save your child. So right. if now the question I have is, is self singular or self plural? Because self can be you or self can be you and your people. So, so I mean, but yes, there's nothing wrong with being selfish. You just have to be, you know, calculated and you just can't, you just can't trust self. Self is nothing wrong with self being first as long as there's a second, third, and a fourth, in my estimation. <laughs> okay. So, uh, love can be selfish. That's the general consensus. That's what the big guy said as well before he left it. He said he does feel like love can be selfish. So, moving to Perry's discussion, um, she was saying that the manipulating use of love is a problem. I don't want to sure that who said, who said it. But so when we're talking about this and we're saying that love can be selfish, then can we, in any regard, be um, angry or hurt? Um, and it, it was not Perry. We'll get to Perry in a minute. It was Latonya Garrett. Um, mm-hmm. can, can we be angry at all when we are manipulated by, by someone who loves us? Can someone who loves us, honestly loves us, manipulate us and it be a wrong thing? Well, how because, about we start you know, with someone who's married like Shakira answering that question? Shakira, what do you think, brother? He's not on the line. I told you that. Oh, damn. Oh. And that's why I asked you. I asked you because you're on the line still. Work with me, Ron. Don't ask me that question because I'm a selfish bastard. Okay, well, I just I want to hear your perspective. Can somebody uh, that loves you manipulate you and it's okay? Do you have the right to get mad if it's okay for love to be selfish if someone manipulates you and says that it's they're doing it because they love you? Are doing it and they love you? If you have a perspective that is better than my perspective, and the only way I would probably be able to see that is in hindsight, then it's okay. In, 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 in other words, um, I know a young lady, she was an addict, and, and the man that she was involved with wanted her to get off the drugs. So he was selfish with the way he treated her because he had to get her off those drugs. But in him treating her selfishly, it ended up getting her off those drugs and bettered both their lives. So him being selfish and wanting to love her so much to get her off those drugs, both of them. Now, I know that's not the average situation. That's not the typical situation. But it does happen. Yeah, it happens. Yes. Give me something less dramatic. Give me a regular relationship. And regularly in the sense that no out 
outside forces necessarily working against the relationship. It is the relationship in a way that it, you know, created itself. And let's say, and it doesn't, you can pick whichever person could be the, the, the man, the woman, or, or the, it could be a, you know, I don't care what kind of relationship you make. It could be homo or hetero, it doesn't matter. But tell me. Whoa, 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 I ain't been smoking, so you're not going to slip that by me, all right? So you're not going to be like homo or hetero because now my flag goes up. You're not going to do that to me. You're not going to do that to me because I, I, I can't speak on a homosexual relationship. I, I just can't do it. I, I just can't do it. I'm not going to do it. You should. Never mind. I, I, okay. All right, so I'm asking. I'm asking you. I'm asking you. In a, a a pretty street, it's a relationship that's based on its own creation, not its outside forces affecting anything. Can this selfish love be used in the manipulative way and still be honest and true love? I mean, it can. It can. I, I, I'm not sure that that's the way that it was supposed to be. I mean, personally, relationships to me, to me, relationships were never based on love. Relationships were based on security. Relationships Okay, were you're based- one of these people with this, this conversation I was having the other day. Yeah, yes, ma'am. Here's the question. The question that I was asking this guy as we were having the session or the statement that I was making is that there is a requirement of commitment. And then he wanted to proceed to tell me, okay, if that's the case, then let me explain to you what that commitment is. And basically he said what you just said, um, but he said it again. He went back to, you know, the caveman days. And he basically was telling me that, um, the importance are are the only. But I, mean, I hate thing to interrupt you. I hate that, to interrupt you. But 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 my people would never cave in. But anyway, continue. Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> continue. Um, I'm continuing. I I get you. I'm continuing. Yes, so basically, what he's telling me is the only commitment necessary is um the man that secures the home. Take care of the needs. Like, again, I told you we went back to the cabinet. So he told me that um, if he can build you a house, till the you land. You think if you mumble the word, it don't, I don't hear it? That's what you think? You think if you I'm mumble it? I'm saying this is what he said. I said this is what he said. I didn't say you agreed. <laughs> but he said if he can build a house, till the land, and keep the woman from harm, isn't that the only commitment he's required to make? Because, again, we're talking about, you know, cheating and all that other stuff. And he's saying that the only commitment that has to be there is that I'm committed to keeping you safe, protected, and cared for. Do you agree with that? I would disagree because, I mean, if it's both of us keeping each other safe. So you may keep us safe from the element but she keeps you safe from yourself. You see what I'm saying? She she keeps you, when she cooks the right food for you, that's keeping you safe. 
when she raised your children in the right way, that's keeping you safe. When she made sure that your house is clean and not dirty, that's keeping you safe. So, yeah, you keep her safe physically, but she keeps you safe spiritually and, 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 and mentally. So, I mean, and personally, spiritually and mentally is more important than physically. But that's me. So, so I mean, I look wow. at it as a give and take. If it's not, if, I have a theory called the yin-yang theory. The yin-yang theory means if it don't work both ways, it don't work at all. So unless we both yeah. doing the same thing for each other, then it don't work. So if I'm keeping you safe, then you have to keep me safe. It don't have to be in the same way, but we both have to keep each other safe. And that's what What the hell me, were you oh, sipping? What the hell you been I, sipping? Were you I, sipping something, like, educated? I was sipping nana juice. Because your ass has never sounded so intellectual. Like, that shit makes sense, and you never make sense. You All right, you know what? I think we need Taylor and Amaj back on the line, because cause I, I, I don't know if I'm appreciating this. You don't appreciate me? I'm saying you're trying to make it seem like I I'm a dummy said, like, 364 days a year. This is what I was saying. This is what I was saying. When these, 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 it's always like the woman's fault. However, I think people are just so contradictory. You just said, I want to give people their roses today while they're still alive, and now you're taking my roses. See how you do that? It is. Hey, hey, I, 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 I call it how I see it. No, I, I mean, oh. but life is a contradiction. I mean, life is a contradiction. Life, I, I mean, think about it. You live to die. Life is a contradiction. That's just what it is. I mean, so the you, question so is, how can you, are, you find that thin line? You are professing to be one big contradictory person. That's like, it. That's you, it. You, you don't have to, you know what I'm saying, emphasize the dick part of the word. That's not necessary. Uh, well, I'm, just, I'm just making sure you understand what I'm saying. No, I got you. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Important. I'm definitely picking it up. All right. I, hey, I'm just trying to get some... Never mind. I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next question. And yes, I hate ma'am. that I have to ask you these questions because <laughs> I don't know where you're going to go with these. All right, so now we get back to Perry's comment about love being something that people rush into and, you know, at some point, rushing in, discovering that, oh, hell, I wasn't even in love. You know, do you feel like that's something that's happening? Do you, have you ever had that experience, Ron? That's a hard question to ask me because, um, I mean, what is love? Love, no. I, I mean, I, I think I know you what sure the definition in Western says. You sure you have this smoking weed? You sure you have this smoking weed? That sounds like a weed question. What is love? That sounds... Okay. Go ahead. I'll let you go. I'm sorry. I mean, what is love? Personally, all right. Now, I don't know if you feel me on this, but I like life better than love. In other words, like is a proactive thing. I got to be proactive to like. I love some people in my family just because we got the same last name and we share the same gene. But to like you, it's something I got to do on a day-to-day basis. So personally, I'd rather like somebody than love somebody, but that's me. So so when we talk about this love thing, I don't know what really love means. I, I know what responsible means. I know what um, protective means, 
but love, I, I don't know what I know what that means because it changes from time to time. Love is fluid. It's not, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's, it's not solid. So love is good, but I don't know if I want to base my relationship you on love. You said something I, that was really important. You said it changes from time to time. Yes, ma'am. That is another, what, I'm telling you, whatever the hell, I don't know what's in that cup, whatever that is, drink up. It was actually a bottle. I was taking it right to the head, it. right to the head. It was going right to the head. Go, 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 go. Yeah, it was good, too. I ain't going to lie to you. Yeah, I'm telling you, for real, keep that around. Just when you have to talk to people that actually have sense so that you fit in, that's like liquid brain matter that you're drinking, and I appreciate you for that. I don't know um, if I appreciate this conversation, though. You're trying to make it seem like unless I, I have some stimulus I'm, to me. I'm giving you roses while you're alive. I mean, really, I'm, I'm praising I'm praising the fact that you drank something that made you. I've been drinking. Okay, never mind. I've been drinking. <laughs> don't say. Okay. All right. So, yes, I like the fact that you said changes because it has to in order to accommodate the fact that we change. And if, yes, if, if love was any one thing and it had to remain these five criteria pieces as people or relationships grow, mature, change, uh, overcome, endure, and it never changes, it's going to break. Yes, ma'am. Because it got to be uh, 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 static. I mean, it got to be dynamic and not static. Yes, ma'am. What? What? Damn it. Are y'all keeping track of how many times you said something that makes sense? Somebody have some numbers for this shit. Iman, I think he's like, if there's a level 20, he's like on level 7 already. Put that shit down. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I agree. Uh, it has to accommodate the metamorphosis of relationships because they're going to change. Because when now, you please don't ask me that, to spell metamorphosis. Please don't ask me to spell that. Please, please. I wouldn't ask you to spell shit, Ron, if I needed <clears throat> if I needed to spell it. I wouldn't ask you to. Um, so anyway, but they have to accommodate how relationships have to uh, change because you add subtract, you're adding and subtracting from relationships all the time. Um, so I think that it does have to be as you said, fluid in order to encompass as a relationship changes. And, and I, don't, I don't think everybody approaches relationships with these things in mind. Um, because I was reading somewhere um, a discussion about um, if you truly are in a relationship and you're truly in love with a person, does forgiveness in cheating mean that you remain and you work it out. And so there there was this conversation as people were going back and forth because one person definitely believed that you're supposed to be able to work through it if certain things didn't happen. If it just was outside and it was done, you're supposed to work through it if you're really in love. And then somebody else believed that, you know, once you do that, it's over. Now, I can forgive, but forgive doesn't mean stay. Well, I found that a, to be a really interesting conversation because everybody's 
understanding or concept of love isn't the same. And so how do you do that? How do you match love concepts before you are involved with someone? Well, that's, I mean, basically, I think that's because you got to love yourself first. So too many of us ain't loving ourselves, and we want to love somebody else. Like, for instance, let's look at myself, all right? There was one point in my life I was 240 pounds. So a woman might have said, oh, I love me a big, thick man. But recently, in the last few years, I've had health issues where I've had to lose weight in order to survive. So now mm-hmm. if she was like, I love me a big man and I just had nothing but a big man, then as I lost my weight, she wouldn't love me anymore. So now what does that mean? That means that this fat that's on me you love and you don't love the person that's inside the fat. That's what that's telling me. So mm-hmm. if it's not able to change, if it's not able to, 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 to fluctuate with the person as they grow, then what the hell are you really saying? You're saying I love that representative, I don't love that person. So, I, I mean, and we all change as we go on in life. What if they say I love a person that that, 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 that is a self-made millionaire and then you hit the lotto? You mean you don't love me no more because I hit the lotto and I'm not self-made no more? You see what I'm saying? So, so yeah. as our lives change, you have to change with us. And if you don't love the changes, then either you leave or you deal with it. But, I mean, but then you can ask me. Okay. I mean, and, and sometimes, you know, that's you, and, and you actually made a little thing. Um, a little point? It was, it, was, it was just little? It was minute? It was small? Um. I'm not going to answer that because I want to say something else and we're not even talking about hey, that. Hey, so. hey, 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 hey. The point's <laughs> the only thing that's small on me. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I've been drinking. I've been drinking. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I set myself up because I don't finish my punchline and I leave it open and you finish it. Thank you <laughs> for all your maturity and willpower and all those things that I have not seen yet. Okay, so um, <laughs> getting back to the conversation, there was another one that I, I wanted to. Um, do you feel like, and this is this is a good question because I, I posted something else about this in, a couple of days ago, and there was all these likes and people love this comment. And so in, in talking about what What's the big deal about love? Someone said that love is acceptance. Um, people want to be accepted as they are. Love is unconditional acceptance. But. All right, that's unconditional nonsense. That I don't rock. <laughs> because my love has conditions. And I would think that most love would have conditions. So when people say that shit, that tells me that they don't know what they're talking about. But that's just me. Because. We all know that this is a crazy world. So when you say your love don't have no conditions, unconditional love, that means the person can do anything and you still love them. Hell no. If some shit if you do, I don't love you no more. I ain't fucking with you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want you to breathe no more. So <laughs> people don't want that unconditional shit. I don't know about that. And that's whether I'm drinking or not. <laughs> How do you know? How do you know that's whether you're drinking or not? Your ass is drunk, so it don't matter. 
<laughs> Tell but me no. what you are in an altered state when you're in an altered state. <laughs> go with this moment. Go with this That's moment. a good point. You, you you make a valid point, but no. Um, no, ain't no such thing as unconditional love. Because there's all, if, if there's no conditions on your love, then it's not love. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's not love. It's so crazy. I'm going to back up. I'm going to back up. Okay, here, here's, here's my question. Here's my question. Because where my mind goes with this unconditional concept goes back to what you kind of were bringing to the forefront a moment ago. You were talking about this relationship with this whole drug abusing and then someone who says you have to stop abusing drugs. Now, in my mind, this conditional love said, you know, as long as you are straight, we are in love. Enter drugs, you take them, you're no longer drug-free, I don't love you anymore. That's a conditional love. I only love you when you're not on any side. Right, that's a conditional love. But there love. are more conditions than Hold just on. that one condition. My turn. Shut up. Dang. Listen, I've been drinking. Okay. You can't be asking me to put a muzzle on. But the unconditional love says we both don't use, you become a user, and because I love you under all conditions, I spend the extra time getting you off drugs so that we get back to that state where we don't use drugs. Because it takes love to say we're going to go to see a therapist, we're gonna go to rehab, we're gonna we're gonna go and I'm gonna confront this person about selling you drugs, whatever extra length I go in order to say I'm trying to help you and and remove this substance from our love, then that would be unconditional because I didn't say enter X and we're done, you know. That's that's where I see it. I don't see it as I love you even while you're doing drugs and just do them and kill yourself. I love you while you're in this condition. However, we're still striving to get out of it. That's what I see. All right, and you can feel that way, and I can't doubt how you feel. However, let's just go with that same train of thought. If you're a drug addict and you molest a child while you're on drugs, I don't love you anymore. There are certain things that you cannot do. I I mean, I hear you, I hear you, but I hear me even louder. Your examples are the worst examples. I hate them. I hate them. No, 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 because there's a thing called pedestry, all right, and and, and pedophilia. Those things exist, and not only do they exist, but they have terms. So they have terms, I mean, they're they're rampant. This is a once-in-the-world thing. You sure you have not? You sure you have not been smoking? That being said, there's some things that are just off the limit. <laughs> some people love their mother so much. So if you curse their mother out, they're like, I can't be with you. You curse my mama out. Yeah, you're a drug addict, but you curse my mama out. I don't care that you smoking crack, but you can't curse out my mama. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So I can't tell you what your conditions are. I can just tell you, though, that trust me, Somebody may cross one of them conditions, and you may not love them no more. So that's all I'm saying. I, I'm just saying is I'm not trying to put a blanket statement so out you, there. I'm gonna love you no matter what, and then what happens, and then what I'm supposed to do then? So you agree? You say your bottom line is love has conditions. The end. That's what you're saying. 
I'm saying if I'm in a relationship, I want to build it on something more than love. I'm saying how about this? How about if we in a relationship, how about we build it on a common love for something as opposed to a common love for each other? So in other words, how about we got a common love for music? And no matter what we arguing about, we can still meet back on music. We got a common love for our people. And no matter if I'm mad at you, I still know that you ride for my people and I ride for my people so we can agree on that. I'd rather we have a common love than an unconditional love. And that's me. And if we have a common love and I ride for your people and you ride for my people, can I still be a crackhead and it all still work out? Because we're still riding for your people. Yes, yes. You know why? You know why? Because Huey Newton rode for my people and he was a crackhead. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But she knew her name and left no children. So, <laughs> so therefore, yes, we can have you that. Me, have been Jim. You tell me have been Jake. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that you you are um, a really good functioning alcoholic. You throw something out there that says, "No way, no way, no." And I don't know if that's your run. Or if that's your Hennessy. I don't know which part of you is making it a little out Kelsey. Something is. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm serious as a heart attack. I ain't, I ain't made nothing up yet. Yet. Okay, so here's another one. Here's another comment about love that I, that I found very interesting. Um, now, mind you, I'm not the average dude, so I don't know if most dudes are going to agree with me, but this is just how I, this is my perspective. This is where I, this oh, the position I hold. People probably don't really, yeah. People, it's probably a whole lot of people right now that every time you like Jerome need to call in right now. If Jerome called no, in right now, we no, can get a different. No, 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 that's not. No, 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 that's not happening. That's not. What about RJ? What about RJ? Oh no, 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 that's Man. not happening. No, I can't. I, 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 I can't get no. No. All right, continue. I'm sorry. Equally bad here. It's not. It's only. It's tit for tat now. All right. Imar says her boyfriend, um, RJ, is sick today. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, I, well we, we hope he gets better real soon. Tell him, yeah. Tell him to get better for us. Is he there at your house? She's going to kill me. Maybe he needs to drink um, some of what I've been drinking because I feel good than a mother. Oh, my bad. Could you stop? Could you stop, please? I'm okay. Sorry. This is another one that I found interesting that I want in these last few minutes of the show to, to just touch on. Jacqueline Dawson said, some walk talking breathe love. You see it in everything they do. So she starts to be that way. Do you want to be walking and talking and breathing and just be an embodiment of love? Would would that be something you want to be seen as, Ron? An embodiment of love? No. Uh-uh. And I don't want to get yeah. too philosophical. But I want to be some of everything. So I want to be love. I want to be hate. I want to be disdain. I want to be like. I want to be everything because I am God. And if God is everything, then I want to be everything. So I, I don't want to just be love. Who, who the hell want to just be love? Uh, you got enemies. You don't want your enemies to love you. You want your enemies to fear you. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. I can't speak for everybody. But I don't want to be just one thing. I want to be everything. Go ahead now. 
Do mind? Yes. Am I being? I can talk to him. Yeah. Say hello. Hey, Ron. How you doing? I appreciate I'm, you. I'm I'm good. I, I I appreciate you too. And I was gonna tag you earlier because you are a phenomenal woman. How about that? And it ain't just because I've been drinking. I've been drinking. Stop saying that. Stop saying that you've been drinking and your Beyonce voice. Stop doing it. Right, you heard it. You, you, but you ain't had a bass come on my voice when I say it, right? You you hear that? That's bass. That's not nice. That's not nice. That's not nice at all. Mom, I was appreciating what you were saying about the toes. Oh, you had something. I thought you had something called his throat. Okay, my bad. Watermelon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I had a whole bunch of stuff to say about love, but y'all have already talked about love, and now it's at the end, so I have nothing else to say about love because this jerk name. And if you know she came on to talk about love, not to talk about RJ laying on his sick bed in her home. She didn't come on here to talk about that. She wanted to talk about love. Okay, so listen. RJ sent me a message. He is sick. He has a sore throat, and his wisdom teeth are bothering him, and so he has no voice. But he was saying that it was a great show. He was listening. So, as far as all this boyfriend comment, lady, no. What are you talking about? Because I just, it's unconditional love over there. Uh-uh. Ron said that love has conditions. That's On my love. side of town, it does. On my side of town, it got conditions. I can't speak to nobody else side of town. <laughs> okay. I, it, I mean, what do we need, really still need to talk about? That's it. This shit's over. Um, we you didn't record it. time any damn way. We got to end the show. Shut up, Ron. Don't say nothing else. <laughs> You just wait okay, till you see cool. what I say in this re- this recap. You just wait. All right, so we had a yeah. This this the whole end of this one is 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 done. It's spent, and we have um, run on say to the thing for this. Um, this ending is just kind of it's like just hang up. So. Thank you for being. I can go back to drinking. Y'all ain't said nothing slick. I got my glass right here waiting for me. Thank you. Just for don't do it. Don't part. just don't drink it in your Beyonce voice. Ron Anse. Ron Anse. Thank you for being part of the Wednesday night wind down. We hope that you enjoyed your time, and we actually will be on our very, very best behavior next week. We have a guest. Who do we have next week, Ron? You told me not to talk. Um, now you want me to talk. I'm oh, confused. gosh. Just me. Author slash educator D.W. Leonard will be on the show next week. Okay. Thank you. So next week we are on our best behavior, so Ron might have to stay in the cage, and we might have to muzzle him. We don't know. We'll, we'll like him out first. Have 
a great rest of your Wednesday night, and we'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. Good night. I've been drinking. I've been drinking.